0: Temperature rising,
1: vision, blurring, rage. taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready.
3: I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley.
1: It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury.
3: Right out of the gate, I'm just going to make it clear. Forget about Niners and Seahawks tonight on Thursday night football. Come on now. The real NFC West spotlight is right here. On the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, because we have in a guy who has been surging. His game has been growing and evolving, and you just saw him star in the most recent episode of Hard Knocks. And Wolf, Ron Wolfley there, Paul Calvisi here. And Wolf, as we intro our special guest tonight, I'm making my list, and I'm checking it twice for Santa. You're never too old to make a list for Santa, so you know what I'm asking for? Yeah, Paul. I'm asking to be, oh, I don't know, 6'4". 270 pounds i'm asking to be 22 years of age you know being an evolving nfl star and and i also wish that um that i was from carlsbad you know from the california coast and that i was wearing a shirt that said carlsbad right now as our guest cameron thomas
4: is this evening cam welcome hey guys thanks for having me on
0: yeah, Cam. No, thank you so much for joining us, man. We really do appreciate it. you're from Carlsbad, Cam?
4: Uh yes, I've been very blessed to uh to be from Carlsbad. <laughs> okay, now now honestly,
0: what is Carlsbad, California like, man?
4: Uh you know what? I honestly will say this, I kinda get a lot of vibes from the Tempe area from Carlsbad. Uh however, we do have a beach. We do have that. We have the Tempe Town Lake, but they have the beach. Um oh. Yeah. So you're north of San Diego, right? Yep, about 40 minutes north. Okay. okay. Okay.
0: So, Camp. Did, did you also know that Carlsbad, California, is the host to one of the best motocross tracks in the United States of America? Did
4: you know that? <laughs> uh, it's a little new new news to me. Um, you know, <laughs> which is surprising. You know, I grew up going to, to Glamis, uh, not too far from here either. So, it's something I should probably know.
0: Oh my goodness! Yes, the 500 Grand Prix at Carlsbad, California. Man, Heike Mikola, here he is on his bull taco. Okay. Okay, don't get me started, Paul.
3: Well, is that a flashback to like the 80s? Because are you sure they haven't paved it over and put down
0: multi-million dollar homes on (laughs) that racetrack? Are you sure? There's a real possibility. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) there is. Because we've got someone from Carlsbad (laughs) and he hasn't heard of it.
3: So, all right, we'll get into that. A little bit later. So here we are. It's week 15. You tell us, what has this season been like, especially as a rookie? I mean, compare and contrast, for example, how you feel now in the NFL versus, oh, I don't know, last time we had you in, which was a matter of weeks after you had been drafted way back in May, I think is the last time you were in this studio.
4: Uh, yeah you know I feel like every week I do feel more comfortable this within myself um just as a person as a player um you know, I just continue to be able to learn from the other uh players and um just take what they what they give me and try to apply it to my own game and uh yeah, I do believe that every week um I feel more comfortable and I'm just you know looking back from when I was first on this show when I first got drafted um in here and uh looking from where I was there to now i um you know it's it's really crazy
0: on that note right there um how
4: have you changed though
0: specifically cam how do you think you've changed from the beginning to where you are now
4: uh i'll say this i remember you know coming from college football you know it's the the uh the toughness wins games kind of aspect uh to kind of more like um you know more of a mental game i will say that uh, it's a lot more mental that uh, uh, at this level, and yes, being able to just kind of just to learn and just study teams and just be able to take little pieces from here and there um, and be able to apply it in the week um, is something that it, uh, has definitely helped it grow and expand my uh, game. Cameron Thomas
3: is our guest here, Cardinals round three rookie out of San Diego State. In fact, Buddha Baker just stood in front of his locker and said, 75% of the NFL is mental. Absolutely, yeah, you I agree, I, I 100% agree with him, yes. So, it, Let's fast forward to April or May, right? And the new crop of rookies comes in. What sort of advice do you think you would give them? What would you tell them to expect? And I don't know, would you give them any, any sort of best practices? What would you say?
4: i uh, say keep your head in the game. You know, it, it gets easier every week. It really does. And, um, you know, get in that playbook because it's only going to get in the field faster.
0: So, Cam, good or bad? Were you surprised by anything to do with the National Football League?
4: Uh you know, I would I would probably just say the same thing I just said you know just with the knowledge of the game you know coming in um you know when you think of the NFL you know I I thought it was gonna be like you know a, a next step next step up a level of grind um and it, and it really is but just a different aspect going from the physical more to mental um you know I thought by you know by graduating college you know I would be able to kind of relax and studying but it's the exact opposite so so far you've uh, played what uh 13
3: games right so Who's been the biggest, baddest, most difficult assignment for you so far?
4: Uh, that's a great question. I think the the biggest assignment I had came actually back from in training camp. You know, going from interior D lineman back to a, a stand up outside linebacker. I think there was a bit of an adjustment there. And you know, every week I think I just like I said, I get just way more comfortable. Um, you know, just rolling off my ball from my stance. Um, and yeah. How about an just, opponent? How about, how about like an opposing
3: offensive lineman? Who's the toughest guy you've gone against for whatever reason?
4: Uh you know, I'm going to I'm going to have to give it to Trent Williams. You know, he's earned his reputation for a reason. Uh just being able to watch, you know, uh, you know, how he takes other very high caliber um, you know, NFL players and how he kind of treats them and <laughs> neutralizes um, them <laughs> yeah exactly but you know um i will say this yeah i, wa- I watched marcus golden get after that dude and uh, after seeing that you know I, I i did learn that you know you know you can respect players in this league but at the end of the day they are just players and players can be beat so
0: oh that is great cam that really is man that that is that is growth i think from you um You know, we're in December, as Paulie was talking about. It's almost Christmas, Cam. You got four games left, man. Did you hit a wall at all this
4: year? Uh, No, not at all. Actually, you know, I'm still very excited to be able to play every single Sunday. Um, No, not at all. How about physically, though? I mean, physically, have you you had
3: a week or have you gotten to the point? Because honestly, there were a number of rookies last year that about this point sort of faded physically and just, you know, a long NFL season. It goes so far beyond a college season in so many ways. And in a lot of ways, you haven't had a break because you had
4: to prepare for the draft and then you just kept on going, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, there is uh, the season is obviously much longer. And, uh, you know, I think I think I've been doing a pretty good job of keeping up with my body. You know, I've had obviously just the normal bumps and bruises throughout the season here. But uh, yeah, I think I've been doing a good job and I uh, just taking care of my body, and it's been taking care of me. So,
0: who was the toughest dude to tackle this year, mm. <laughs> if
4: I may ask? Mm. Uh, you know, Kenneth Walker. I gotta give him a lot of respect.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I do
4: give him a lot of respect. Christian McCaffrey is is up there as well. Just
3: uh, just in terms of how elusive they are, or is it the combination of the ability to make you miss and or run over you?
4: Yeah, so Kenneth Walker's. You know, he's got he's got a little more of the run through you uh, type of. Um, part to his game, but Christian McCaffrey, you know, he'll make you miss in a phone booth. So yeah. you, you just no, got to respect both of them. They Different yeah. games, but both very good players.
0: Yeah, Cam, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and look at your season and evaluate your season for us, if you don't mind. Like, how do you think it's gone for you?
4: Uh, well, I'm, I'll say this right now. I'm a lot tougher on myself, and I think a lot of people um, will agree on that. Have, but, have okay. you
0: always been that way?
4: absolutely you know even my uh my last year of college football when i came out and um you know I, I still think that there was still a lot to improve on um you know i still took my chances came out in the draft but uh yeah no i definitely think there's a lot more uh, that i can prove on through the year you know and um i, I would say a lot more i mean yeah like, i more mental like i said like it's I'm still learning a lot more of the game of the football and you know definitely some big steps there but yeah i think every single week um i am improving and taking those steps but uh yeah there's definitely a bit of adjustment period so when your position group is out there
3: you're working with the outside linebackers correct yes yet you were a nose tackle at times at san diego state <laughs> yeah it's amazing and then during games you're used in a variety of ways just tell us some of the different spots you've already played this year
4: Yeah, so this year, you know, I played a little bit of obviously stand up outside linebacker, whether it was a five, you know, head up on uh, or outside shade of the offensive tackle or a nine technique outside the shade of the uh, tight end. Uh, You know, there's some packages in there where I find myself in there from a three tech rushing, and I'm very comfortable doing that. You know, that's something uh, actually coming into uh, the NFL, I was a lot more comfortable doing the rushing the edge, and it's funny how things have flipped. But uh, yeah, you know, that's something um, I don't mind doing, and I, I really do enjoy it you know and with Zach, you know, obviously uh you know hurting his hand that you know I wouldn't be surprised if I found myself more in there this week and going forward and uh yeah I just anything I could do to be valuable to this team uh I'm up for doing.
0: Cam what do you think was your your best game this season and why do you think it was your best game?
4: Uh, that's a great question. So a big trait or one of my best traits I believe I have as a player is my effort. And, you know, there might be, you know, some games where I, I might have more win percentage or, you know, I I might have better statistics. But I actually really liked uh, last game against New England. I think my effort stood out more in that game than it has in the other games. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of something I usually base myself off. Uh, so I think I think New England was a um, game I said I, I'd look up to. Well, I'll tell you what, we got a little insight into the lead-up to that game
3: on Hard Knocks. And for everyone who doesn't know, Cameron Thomas is our guest, round three rookie. And in college, you wore number 99 because J.J. Uh, Watt. And so there you were. It was the two of you in one of the meeting rooms. And Hard Knocks caught that moment. And here's a little clip.
0: The number one thing you got to remember is that you also have strengths Uh never talk yourself out of being successful so like you have a great bull rush and you have a great longout just because this guy is good against it doesn't mean you can't win with it i'm year 12
4: i'm still learning
3: that's jj watt to our guest cameron thomas is it possible to summarize just capitalize what have you learned from jj watt this year
4: uh, yeah there's there's definitely some of the things i've learned from him, you know whether he's physically told me or just me observing him um as a player you know um, the reason he got to where he is today is just his worth ethic and you know his leadership is is something um you know that's also a very big aspect of him uh but yeah just being able to see him you know kind of do his workouts um be able to see his practice habits um just kind of see the like the way he carries himself throughout this building is something you know that's really inspiring and uh really helps a young player like myself. Kim, what is he like? You know, I mean
0: as a, as a teammate. You know, we know the public perception of JJ Watt, of course, but a, as a teammate, um what is he like? Is he is he a funny guy? Does he like to laugh? What is, what is JJ Watt like as a teammate?
4: No, JJ definitely likes to have fun. Um you know, he's he can be sarcastic uh definitely and um no, he'll definitely joke around with you, but at the same time he'll be uh, locked in and you know, understanding where uh he needs to be and um yeah yeah some yeah. of those clips of him giving uh giving uh zach allen the business on the sideline
3: during practice it, yeah that's him right <laughs> yeah that's him that's jj <laughs>
0: and how many times are you asked that do people come up to you and say cam i know you play with jj come on, man. you know what's he like do you get do you get asked that all the time
4: uh yeah no i definitely get asked that a couple times um you know definitely from from people i'm close to so
3: and, hey, you wanted to know the answer to that yourself once you got drafted, right? In yeah. fact, here, here's Vance Joseph on uh, just J.J.'s impact on you earlier today.
1: Cam won this number in college. I mean, it was, it's obvious that he was a hero of Cam's. And Cam's first day on the job, it was funny to watch him, you know, just walk around J.J. and just stare at him. You know, he wouldn't say anything to him, but he would just stare at him. You know, it was funny to watch that. But now Cam's got those traits, you know, and he's a young guy. He's eager to learn. I mean, you know, if, like, Joe Buck was in here or some premier broadcaster, I'd probably be
3: staring at him, too, right? I mean, it's just sort of natural, right?
4: Yeah, no, I definitely remember that first time I saw him. It was definitely an eye-opener, you know, seeing this guy that I've just watched for so long, you know, right in front of me. Uh, I think VJ kind of exaggerated a little bit on the staring. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Come on, he's got to tell the media a good story, you know. (laughs) Uh, No, I definitely remember the first time I met him, though. Uh, It was right when I got drafted, walked in here. He was in the middle of a workout, and I didn't want to distract him, but I walked up to him and introduced myself while he was talking to VJ. I do remember V.J. making a comment. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, Camp. V.J., I'm not a stalker around here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah go ahead, Wolf. No, no. I was <laughs> just going to say, man, did, did this year teach you anything? And if so, what what did it teach you?
4: Uh, it taught me uh, shoot a ton of things. And honestly, at the top of my head here, um, I don't think there's any What about
0: that. confidence, Cam? I mean, honestly, like I think every rookie – Every rookie has got to experience a point in the season where it's just you in the pillow at night, man. For whatever reason, you're up at 2.30 in the morning and the the shadows are creeping across the ceiling and you're awake. And yet you're thinking about your profession. You're thinking about your sport. You're thinking about your game. And at some point in time, Cam, you have to be able to say to yourself, man, I got this. Have you had that moment this year?
4: uh yeah I did actually um that was uh that was eye opened for me in uh training camp. I remember I started off you know um there was a little bit of a tr- transition from the you know the change of the positions, and I never really blamed that at all. I never looked at it like that way at all, but I remember there was a a period there was a dry period where I wasn't making any plays. shoot I remember it was like maybe like four or five days in the camp, and I haven't done anything, and I was just like I oh, look at myself like like you know like what's going on right now like this isn't the camera that I know. And I remember there was um, something that happened. I, I, I don't mem- remember exactly what it was, but I was like, I was getting pretty down on myself. Uh, I was just like, this is, you know, it is what it is. And um, I remember like the first main main tra- play main training camp, I got like washed from one side of the ball all over the other. And the tackle basically put me right to the running back because he, he, he put me there um, in a gap that was like four over. Um, and I was really embarrassed with myself. And I remember that night, uh in my room at the hotel I was just like I'm just gonna cut this thing loose, you know. You know, yeah. I don't got much to lose. I'm out you know, I don't have any I haven't really gained too much since I've been here, so I'm just let this thing loose and as soon as I did that, I mean it was a whole new player. And wow. that was just the player I was at San Diego State. You know, I just I went out there, I had fun and I did not care. I just I went out there I went and um ever since then I think um that's exactly what it's been. I've just gotten out there every single day, um, enjoyed playing the sport, you know, that I grew up loving and Um, I'm very blessed to be in the position I'm in now. That's a great
3: story, and it echoes what J.J. Watt tells. Vance Joseph was on that Houston staff when J.J. Watt was a first-round rookie, said most of his rookie year he struggled. And J.J. Watt said, I was trying to do this for that coach and this for that coach, and then I realized I just got to be myself. I'm already struggling. I just got to be myself, and if I stink, well, I already stink. And then he said, boom, that was the turning point. And Vance Joseph said the game was a playoff game his rookie year. And according to Vance Joseph, he did things he'd never seen a defensive lineman ever do. Mm. And that's where J.J. Watt morphed initially and eventually into a three-time NFL defensive player of the year. So that that's a great story, sort of that, yeah. having that epiphany at that moment. So we'll continue here with Cameron Thomas. We'll talk about the Broncos and what's straight ahead on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
1: After Smith. Drops back to throw. Pressure in his face. He's in trouble, and he goes down. He's sacked back at the 21-yard line. Cam Thomas, the rookie, is there for the Cardinals to make the play. First career sack for Cam Thomas. Herbert back to throw on third down in trouble. Steps up, sacked again at the 44-yard line. This time it's Cam Thomas. Steps up in the pocket, gets hit, arm is hit, ball flutters. Picked off by Simmons at the 40-yard line and tackled at the 37. Cam. Thomas White at the throwing arm of Mac Jones. The ball fluttered into the air, picked off by Simmons.
3: There you go. A highlight montage, 2022, the rookie year for our guest on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Cameron Thomas, who's the first San Diego State player drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in the top three rounds since Wolf, a former teammate of yours. It was actually 1987, the year before they moved to Arizona. Round three out of San Diego State, a tight end by the name of Rob
0: Awol. Oh, Rob, yeah. he was awesome. Wolf, did you ever fight Rob A. Walt? I did, as okay. a matter of fact. See, never.
3: Cam, you have to ask Wolf these questions because he, he tended to mix it up with a lot of a lot of players, including his own teammates. So you have to be real clear. As a, Wolf, Wolf had that mentality as a player. Okay, yeah.
0: Cam, please
4: don't judge me on yeah. that. Oh player. no, no judgment okay. at all here. I actually respect it. <laughs>
3: Thank you. What's your favorite play so far this season that you've made? And, and dare I say, against the team you grew up watching? Maybe the Chargers. A couple weeks ago, early first quarter, you can take us through it, if you want, and give us the play-by-play, if that's indeed your choice.
4: Yeah, um, you know, looking back, you know, there's there's a lot of plays in there that I, uh, I'm in high fi- favor of, but that play in particular, that was a pretty special play for me. Uh, you know, being a kid from San Diego, you know, the Chargers growing up, you know, uh, about 30 minutes in my house. So, uh, yeah, that was a super special play. I uh, had a ton of people at that game, you know, that, you know, drove up um, or drove on over. And, um, yeah, I just, I just remember that was actually my first play of that game. Wow, uh, it was the first play of the game. Uh, I got in there and uh, you know JJ already kind of warmed him up and got a sack you know, right before I did and uh yeah, I just remember I I, t- I was I took my rush up the field. Um you know, Junk had a really good uh, Marcus Gillen had a really good rush on the the other side. Uh flushed him up and um I was able to counter at the level and you know, uh hit Herbert for through the ball. And then there was the celebration. Yes, do tell. <laughs> um, which is kind of funny. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm being a kid from San Diego. That was my fifth time ever surfing, and it was on grass. Uh, so <laughs> that's good. That was uh, yeah. That was definitely something to remember. Well, so Cam, where's
0: your future on the line of scrimmage, man? Is it is it edge? Uh, five technique, three technique, I know you've got to be able to move around, but if you had a preference, where would it be, Cam?
4: Yeah, you know, i definitely say I, I would be comfortable at all those positions. However, you know, I feel really um, happy I'm in the spot now, you know, being a stand-up backer. Um, you know, I just, I, you know, I, always, I never would have thought I would have ever said that. You know, I thought I was always going to be a traditional hand of the dirt type of guy. Uh, but, you know, being able to kind of get best in both worlds, I, I do really enjoy standing up on the edge. Because Wolf, you remember Zach
3: Allen after his rookie year, right? He, he went into a real rigorous off-season regimen, and he put on weight and strength and size. Yeah. I, I could yep. see you maybe doing that following that Zach Allen, but no, you, you, that, you don't envision that as your
4: off-season. Well, you know, obviously, you know, whatever the team wanted to do with me, if they did want to put me inside, um, you know, that's something we could definitely talk about doing, but. Um, yeah, if I if I was to have a preference, I'd be uh, pretty happy where I'm at now.
0: Oh, I love that, Cam. It's the stand-up, it's some more edge, correct? Yeah. Okay, so what do you think, would you have to drop some weight? Do you think you'd have to drop weight, or do you like your, your weight right where you are now?
4: Yeah, you know, I've actually dropped a decent amount of weight since I've been here. I came in here around, uh, I remember my first weigh-in here was like 269 Although I remember, like, just not drinking any water prior to that weigh and I was closer to, like, 273. Uh, you know, right now I sit anywhere from, like, 58 to 260. Wow. And, you know, I feel really comfortable in that, in that range. And, um, you yeah, know, I feel like I didn't lose really any strength or any power and just gained some speed off it. So, I like um, that. Yeah.
3: Well, here's your defensive coordinator earlier today just on the progress you have made during your rookie
1: season. Cam with more turns, you know, we'll get more sacks. You know, it's just playing with a lead, you know, and having more chances to rush freely. You know, that's, that's been our problem. Uh, but Cam's a guy who can win one-on-one rushes. And, I mean, he's, he's played an awful lot in the last month. And he's won a lot, you know, but uh, he needs more turns, you know, with a fair game and a lead.
3: Yeah, think about that, right? Like last week, look at New England—they had two sacks in the first three quarters. They get a two-score lead, and then they had four sacks in the fourth quarter. That's sort of the way it works, right? Because now you can just rush with abandon, right?
4: Yeah, exactly. You know, um, give your your defense some freedom. You know, when they're when the offense has to throw the ball down the field like that, um, you know, when they're down, you know, it definitely creates a lot more uh, opportunities for. A defense to make those plays.
0: and you know cam we want you to look forward obviously uh this beautiful part of the program here we want you to look forward to down the road um where do you think you can actually make the biggest strides next year do you, is it is it as the an edge rusher and your techniques is it is it against the run where do you think you can actually take your biggest strides
4: uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of aspects, you know, I still got to grow at. Um, you know, something for me, I, I think I could definitely just take that next step, that next jump in the run game and just lock it down. You know, I, obviously I have some I have some good plays, I have some bad plays, but just the consistency, I'd say, uh, in the run game um, would be something that could really take me to that next level. And obviously, you know, in the pass game, you know, I could definitely, there's definitely a lot of um, area of improvement there, and, um, you know, I, I'm sure was, um the more I play, the more comfortable I will get. So, what do you
3: expect out of the Denver Broncos? What do they do well, and what what do you know so far about what's going to be most important on Sunday?
4: Uh, yeah, so just watching uh, from what I see the, the Denver Broncos, whatever the mer- the media has portrayed them so far is not what they look like on film. I think they are a very uh, good team, uh, and you know um, whether Russell plays or not, uh, he's a very t- talented player. Um, he can rip the ball down the field. You know he can run out of the pocket. Uh, And he is a difference maker in games. Um, So, I mean, between that and, you know, stopping the run, um, you know, they are a good opponent.
0: If, in fact, Russell Wilson plays, I I question whether or not he will. But if he does, um, what would it mean to wax his back? I mean, would that that kind of geek you out a little bit? I, I would imagine you've been watching him as a kid for a long time.
4: Oh, absolutely. You know, there's. I, I think a lot of edge rushers, when they come in the league, there's always a couple guys they kind of have at the top of the list. Everybody's on the list, but there's a couple guys <laughs> that are just sitting out just a little bit more, and I would I would put them up there. Um, yeah, you know, I remember my first draft for Arizona. I was, like, super fresh, like, within the hour of getting drafted. You know, I was kind of just, like, looking things up on the team, kind of pulling up the roster, this and that. Obviously, I know Seattle was in the conference, and I was bummed out. I was like, "Dang, he just got traded," and you know, I'm not gonna have the opportunity. And then the schedule comes out a couple weeks later, and there he is. So, um, you know, I I hope he plays, um, and yeah, I hope I hope it works out. Well, Wolf, you remember
3: we had my MyJ Sanders in here. I think it was in May. It was, uh, you know, fresh out of the draft, and I didn't even finish the question. I said, "My MyJ, which NFL quarterback do you want to sack the most? He jumped the
4: question and said, Tom Brady. Immediately he <laughs> said, Tom Brady. How about you? Uh, I mean, Tom Brady, I think he's, he's up there, too, on the, everybody's <laughs> list. I mean, how, how could he not be? Uh, yeah,
0: that would that'd be a Merry Christmas right there, if, in fact, <laughs> you were able to get that. Um when it comes to the Denver Broncos, describe their offense for me, if you could. I, you know, from your perspective right now, uh, are they trying to run the ball? Do you think they're a power rushing team? Do you, do I mean, do they like to use play? Go ahead and describe the Denver Broncos. What you see on tape.
4: Yeah, they do pass the ball, you know, just a little bit more than they do run it. Um, you know, when they do run the ball they like to you know, it's like use variation of zone plays. Um they they'll use sloshers, you know, here and there and um yeah, then they'll obviously they'll pass the ball. So um we gotta just, we gotta be ready. I mean, they got hot against Kansas City. They were down twenty-seven,
3: nothing. They lost thirty-four, twenty-eight. Yeah, they put a lot of yards and a lot of points on the scoreboard in
4: a hurry last week, didn't they? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like like I said, you know what they look like on um, film from what you know from what I've heard going into this game, they do not correlate to me. Like I really um, do give the Broncos a ton of credit. Cam, did you have any goals coming into this season? Uh, I, my biggest goal was to have fun and make plays. Um, so uh, good one,
3: yeah. How about rookie duties? You know, Trey McBride said earlier today that he still has rookie duties. That uh, Max Williams uh, made him decorate
4: the tight end room for Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah, we got a, we got two trees in our room actually. Oh, so nice. not trying to make it a competition at all, but you know we do have that. We got the lights. We got the stockings. Uh, we shoot. We got a reef. Uh, you got to get some
3: snacks. Do you have to get snacks and stuff for the guys still too? <laughs> oh yeah,
4: we got some snacks. Of two, two days ago or a couple of days ago, hit Costco, got the uh, Celsius drinks, load them in the fridge. <laughs> uh, you know, and of course yeah. every Saturday we gotta get donuts for the group. So yes,
0: hey, it's a rite of passage, Cam. Yeah. Yep.
3: Yep, Wolf's still getting my drinks around here. That's the way it works. So,
4: Cameron, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I really nice appreciate camp. it.
3: We continue with a Big Red Rage presented by Santan 4 in Gilbert.
1: Play fake. Murray setting up, looking deep. Now takes off, running to the right at the 35, at the 40, and dives to about the 44-yard line. A gain of three for Kyler Murray. And an injured... Cardinal. It's Kyler who went down very awkwardly that time as he tried to cut. Oh, no.
2: Oh.
1: Oh. Non-contact. He cut right, then tried to cut left and just buckle. And there was a Patriot player right there who called to the Cardinal sideline to bring on the training staff. It looked like when he went to the ground, the injury had already happened. He was in pain. His head started to come back and he just went to the ground. Oh, boy. We got you, one. do win for
3: We got you, one. We got to regroup these boys, now. Let's go. We got to regroup these boys.
0: Hey, we got you, brother. you, Let's, bro. Let's go. Regroup and get one for one. Let's go. Everybody regroup. Let's go. Get one for one. Let's go.
3: That's J.J. Watt right there. That was from Hard Knocks and NFL Films. As Several players were mic'd up. Almost all the players were around Kyler Murray when he went down. And just like that, three plays into the game, the Cardinals had to go with plan B, Colt McCoy. And it will be plan B the rest of this season and then unknown into the offseason. Sort of like we're going plan B right now. Technically, Ron Wolfley is yours truly with an issue on the line. So we've got to go with an alternate game plan here. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Props to Cameron Thomas, and we'll talk a little bit more about Cameron Thomas and what he had to say. But first, your thoughts on the loss. Forget the game. It's much worse when you lose your franchise quarterback – to a season-ending knee injury, torn ACL, non-contact on the third play of the game, as we just heard.
0: Yeah, Paulie, it really is a just a horrible situation that has happened with the Arizona Cardinals right now. We all know the kind of season that they've had. We all know the many distractions that they've had. Um, this just seems like an exclamation point on the entire season. And to see your franchise quarterback, Kyla Murray, go down on play number three of this game. Uh, another non-contact injury. We've seen it all over the National Football League this year, of course, he, with a Cardinals non-contact. And now all of a sudden you see Kyla Murray go down. Um, it's, it's a horrible occurrence for Kyla Murray. Yet at the same time, I have to wonder if it gives him an opportunity to reflect as to where he's been and where he wants to go.
3: Yeah, he was emotional. We all saw it. It was on Monday Night Football. He was on the cart. The towel was on his head. He took the towel off. He acknowledged the crowd. There were some tears maybe even in his eyes as they were carting him off. Matthew Judon knew it right away. I was on the sideline. You could see Judon immediately signaling to the Cardinals' sideline. And then after the game, Colt McCoy, who finished the game, and is your QB1 the rest of this season, shared with the media this week uh, about how he left the stadium and he went right over to Kyler's house.
2: Yeah, I've talked to Kyler a bunch. Spent a couple hours with him at his house after the game Monday night. His spirits were fine. like He's smiling, but I mean, it's a it's an injury and you know we're all upset he's upset you know he's frustrated um but his spirits were in a good place and he'll he'll attack the rehab we've got great doctors here and lots of guys have come back from acls and been just fine so i i think he's got full confidence in that and you know it's part of the game but it's a it's a shock and so you know we'll all put our arms around him for sure That is
3: a A lot of different angles here, Wolf. What about the game that Kyler plays, though? Because, you know, we, we can talk about a Joe Burrow as the most recent example, but obviously, Kyler is one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the league, and his legs are so vital to what he does. Does that present a different dynamic, a different challenge in this case?
0: Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I think anytime you blow your ACL out, um, you have to worry about that in the long term effects that that could have. But you're talking about Kyler Murray, who's still so young, Paulie, and um, Also, too, just the way they deal with ACLs today, it's not like back when I was playing in 1985 when I came into the league, Pauly, 1990 even. I can tell you that if you blew your ACL out, um, most of the time you were never going to be the same. It didn't mean you couldn't come back from an ACL. You could. But most of the time, Pauly, it meant you you, you weren't going to be the same guy. Um, that no longer is the case anymore. It's not the metaphorical death sentence that it once was for guys that use their athleticism to make plays. Guys like Kyler Murray, guys like running backs and wide receivers and cornerbacks. Um, you can come back from an ACL and be darn near 100% of what you were before. Now, is that going to be the case with Kyler Murray? We don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. But... Man, being as young as he is, um, I I honestly don't think this is going to inhibit him and his career in the near future.
3: Yeah, I I think of a young Tyron Matthew. Remember the end of his rookie year? And that was a hellacious knee injury. It was much worse than a torn ACL. And the Cardinals medical team did a phenomenal job with that surgery in that rehab. And obviously Tyron Matthews had a borderline Hall of Fame career ever since. Um, you know, but you know, Paulie, that
0: first year back, Paulie, do you remember that? Yeah, That first year 2014, back? 2014, it took a while. You're it right. did. It took a while for him, you know, and everybody's different, man. Everybody heals differently. Everybody has a different knee, a different reaction. Maybe there was more damage done to Tyron's knee. Maybe there wasn't. I don't know the the specifics of that, but I just know that everyone's different, but Tyron is an excellent example to a guy that came back, and yet it took him a year to look like himself.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, no question. And so, and it just presents so much uncertainty. Obviously, in the off season, are you actually going to invest assets into another quarterback? Is this Colt McCoy show? Maybe even through a considerable part of next year. So, those are just huge off-season questions as for the final four games and especially what you're looking at in denver i mean wolf uh there's no doubt that this team trusts colt mccoy right he's decisive yes uh, either's you know as as hollywood brown told us yesterday there isn't a single coverage or scheme he hasn't seen before so if nothing else you come in with a quarterback who really is almost like a player coach in so many ways
0: yeah no he really is listen for the next four games colt mccoy Um, This is one of the best backups in the league to me right now for this situation, this offense. Kyler Murray, of course, for Colt McCoy to be a backup, Um, he has already proven his value and his worth to this team. It's one of the reasons why the Cardinals went ahead and extended him, signed him to a two-year contract. So he's under contract going into next year. He's not only going to finish this year. I think they're okay going into next year with Colt McCoy. Now, Pauly, what does that mean? What does that look like? Do do they bring another veteran in? Is that a possibility? Bring another guy in in case something were to happen to Colt McCoy. Do they bring another veteran in um to compete with Colt McCoy? I, I don't know those answers. I just know, and you know this as well, Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals are very, very comfortable um, with Colt McCoy as their quarterback. And here's the other thing.
3: I think it just heightens the importance of improving everything else around Colt McCoy this offseason. Why are the Niners still winning with a third-string quarterback? Because they have great, we uh, have great offensive line and defensive line. Right, the number one defense in the league. They have a great running game, and they have the ability to just throw the ball short, and guys make you know defenders miss and all the yak yards. You, it is imperative that you build it up around Colt McCoy, starting with his Denver game. You don't get behind by
0: Q scores, so you can stay balanced and have a run game. Yeah, Paulie, no doubt about it. We're all going to have a front row seat. So, hold on.
3: And Cole McCoy, by the way, you know, look, he was one quarterback in the first three quarters and then that final quarter of Monday Night Football when he got sacked four times as the defense in New England was just teeing off on him. So, you got to stay in the game and you got to continue to run James Conner and open up the passing game. As we continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan
0: Ford. We'll be back right after this. be the first one to say i made some calls all right but the basic that we know how to do it means a lot in these games it's hard to overcome it continues to happen it's getting it right in practice and holding each other accountable all right i treat you like men that's how it's going to be that may be a fault of mine but i'm gonna treat you like men so we got to hold each other accountable somehow the last month because we're better than that Everybody understand that that's it we're better than that and that's all i want to see for this group the last month play your best football because i love being around you guys I love coming to work every day with you you practice hard you fight your ass off for each other but we have to do it
3: right because we're giving away it's one thing to get beat it's another thing to beat yourself and wolf we talked so much up until that monday night game about what are you going to get out of the rest of the season and job number one was k1 was kyla murray well Now that he has this season-ending knee injury, uh, dare I say the job the Cardinals need to do first and foremost is to get rid of the word self-inflicted. Just eliminate that from their vocabulary because it's been persistent throughout the season, Cardinals beating Cardinals, and that's what Cliff Kingsbury... Was lamenting there after the game, courtesy of Hard
0: Knocks. Yeah, Paulie. You know what? I really enjoyed that part of it, um, minus the profanity, of course. You know what I mean, just saying right now, um, Cliff. I thought was as assertive and um, resolute as I've seen him in front of the team at all. I don't know about you, Paulie, if you were impressed as well. But you know, just totally the agree. way, yeah, just the way he was speaking right there. This is. This is a little bit of a window that the Arizona Cardinals have got to crack and Cliff Kingsbury has got to look through right now. This is what it's got to be like. Next year, I think more than anything else, you got to surround Cliff Kingsbury with a bunch of guys that are dogs inside the locker room. I think to some degree they have already done that, but I think you've got to hold them to a higher standard. He's got to become the alpha male, in my opinion. That doesn't mean that he's got to be screaming at guys. It doesn't mean he's got to be yelling at guys or threatening guys or being anybody that he isn't. He's just got to be resolute, I think, for the most part going forward in demanding that you do your job, and if you don't do your job, maybe you're not going to be here. Do the Arizona
3: Cardinals have an accountability problem, in, in your opinion? Because we, we've heard it from Buda Baker, courtesy of Hard Knocks, after the Eagles game. We've Heard it at different times, even in the offseason, Wolf. In fact, what's ironical, if you will, as I make up a word, is that hard knocks was brought in. Why? To add an extra layer of accountability. Yeah. And so now we see late in the season that it's obviously still – an issue i mean it is something that still needs to be addressed obviously
0: i, I think paulie they will but once again i also look at this situation and i know nobody wants to hear this they, they, they don't nobody wants to hear it they look at it and they say it's an excuse and i understand that you never want to look for an excuse but when you have the rash of injuries That the Arizona Cardinals have had, and I'm not talking about Kyler Murray, okay? I'm not talking about that. Kyler Murray uh, played, he had five games remaining before he blew his knee out. I'm talking about everybody else around him. Um, To a point where your offensive line, 80% of your offensive line is out, gone, and has been for weeks, dare I say months, Um, That right there, Polly. once again, um, all bets are off at that point in time. You could have the most talent in the world at the skill position. You really could. You, you, You could have the most talented wide receiver, but if you can't protect your quarterback, if you can't give him a reasonable amount of time for him to actually go through his progressions and find an open receiver... Um, it doesn't really matter who you have out there at wide receiver unless you're going to go ahead and one, two, three, and get the ball out every time. Now, that may work for one game, but two games in a row with a defensive coordinator, that's not going to cut it, Paul. It just won't. At some point in time, NFL defenses are going to catch up with you. The, the entire situation this year has just been a mess for the Cardinals. Yeah, and then
3: think about it. Uh, they had three big plays. are were eliminated by a couple of illegal shifts and offensive pass interference, you know, an A.J. Green going out of bounds coming back in. These are the sort of mistakes, and it's what Colt McCoy was talking about to the media.
2: The penalties crushed us, right? And they're self-inflicted wounds, and, you know, we've talked about them kind of all year at certain times, and they just, they bit us on Monday night. And um, so just, I think, having a, a really point of emphasis on some of the things that we're trying to do with some of the motions and shifts, like just being very detailed. No no pre-snap penalties, and that will give us a chance. You know, the self-inflicted
0: wounds, Paulie. too, once yeah. again. Um, yeah, when you're playing an awful lot of backups in your lineup, they're, they're backups for a reason. I was a backup, Polly. okay? I'm just telling you, they're, you're a backup For a reason, and sometimes it's because mentally you have a tendency of making mistakes. Now, this has been something that the the Cardinals have dealt with all season long, and it's not just backups who make it. We also saw D. Hop, right, DeAndre Hopkins. We also we, we saw him and Hollywood moving at the same time. You can't do that. But those self inflicted wounds that Colt is talking about. That has been, I would say, the most prevalent, consistent thing we've seen from the offense in the second half of the season.
2: And it's
3: been whack-a-mole. We've talked about it, right? It's been different guys at different times making different mistakes. And so it's hard to identify. And honestly, the release of a Trayvon Mullen, I wonder if that somehow relates to accountability. Because there's one way to motivate and get everyone's attention, and that is with job security. So I truly wonder about that. We'll see. We'll see what it looks like in Denver. Obviously, Cliff had a message to send after the loss against the Patriots on Monday night. Special thanks, as always, Jim Almahondro, Cody Fincher. Special thanks to Cam Thomas, right, our, our extra special guest tonight, and how we actually put up two Christmas trees in the outside linebackers' meeting room there at the Cardinals' HQ. For Ron Wolfley, I'm Paul Calvisi, This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford.